Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Booze Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Ollie. Thirty-three. We are coming in with a lot of surprises. One because I had no idea what Sam was going to talk about until like <laughs> not even a minute ago, and two because Sam, don't you have surprises for us? Don't you have some fun, exciting news for us? I do. I do. Um, total accidental news. Not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Happy accidents. So someone in my class had posted in our groom, our Zoom chat that their job was hiring and me being a nosy Nelly was curious kind of like what the pay is for students for going into the field of mortuary and all that. So I asked her kind of for some more information. She gave me her boss's number and I just casually texted him and I'm like, hey, my name's Sam. I have class with uh, so-and-so and I was just kind of curious what you what you do at your job and all this um and he called me like 20 minutes later and we kind of started just normal like chit-chatting about why i wanted to join the program and like what his facility is because he's not an actual funeral home he is like kind of like a distribution center for bodies so he will pick up bodies from um hospitals and homes and then embalm them and then take them to funeral homes so nothing with funerals so I was kind of talking to him about that and casually he was like, so can you be here in like an hour to pick up new hire work paperwork? And I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I got, I got a job working with bodies. Yay. I'm so excited. See, clink to that. I'm drinking I know, clink. Chardonnay in your honor. That is awesome. So what is your job going to be? Exactly. So my job right now, initially, I'm going to go with an actual like funeral director to go pick up bodies from like homes, hospitals, just to kind of get the layout and understand how to pick up bodies. So they're going to show me how to physically move bodies and get comfortable to speaking to families. After that, after I've done that for about a couple weeks, um, I can either go solo to go pick up bodies myself or um, I can stay at the actual facility and actually help embalm and clean the bodies and, you know, grab what bodies they need so I won't fully be doing all the embalming because I'm not licensed but I'll definitely be helping out and like cleaning up the bodies afterwards Mm -hmm. okay so they'll be showing me things you just wouldn't be able to do it on your own since you're not certified yet but once you are you can just kind of you know without much supervision go and do it yourself yeah yeah basically that is so so cool yeah it was kind of unsettling though so I I was like quickly I was ripped off my PJs like threw some makeup (laughs) on and and headed over there Um, because it's only like 20 minutes away from the house so it's super close and I walk in so you walk in through a garage and then there's like a little lobby and I walk in and there's just like 15 bodies just chilling on like gurneys (laughs) and I was like oh 
oh shit okay (laughs) and he's just casually talking to me yeah and he was just casually talking to me he's like oh here they are you know there's a cooler here with a little tiny cooler with two more bodies in there but like this little tiny lobby which was like this half the size of my kitchen well about the size of my kitchen you've been in my kitchen just filled with like bodies so then i'm like oh okay and they had already been embalmed so they didn't have to be refrigerated okay i was gonna ask if the room was cold or what the climate was in there but yeah makes sense yeah no they were already embalmed so they were fine um and then i walk into like a little hallway and there's five more bodies being embalmed and like there was five people just working on the bodies and i was like dang it's like busy here (laughs) so then he kind of takes me through the embalming room which was really unsettling because i wasn't just expecting all these bodies to be like fluids all out which I, I should have expected it but I guess I didn't prepare myself for it to be just out in the open in this room um so then he takes me to another room with a which is like the giant cooler the freezer and there was legit like another like 40 bodies in there wow like, so his yeah. job is to transport the bodies right he picks <laughs> them up and then takes them I didn't know that there was I guess a job for that because I assumed that the funeral homes would take care of that already yeah that's what surprised me too but i guess when funeral homes have so much and they can't deal with all the bodies or they don't have the proper room for them i guess that's when he picks them up and i guess he is also the morgue for two of the hospitals in san antonio Mm -hmm. so okay it's just very busy and he he casually mentioned he's like yeah he's like the busiest funeral home here does about 860 funerals and processes bodies a year he's like i do eight thousand. And I was like, ooh. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. So very, very busy. Well, I guess in a big city like San Antonio, you do need that type of help, I guess, if mm-hmm. you're a funeral home. you there. I'm sure there's only a handful in San Antonio and, you know, not enough space and time. So that makes sense. So yeah. I just never thought about that. Yeah, I didn't either. So I was very, un- like, for me to be unsettled, to be just, there was just so many bodies. I was like, whoa. Wow. So. That is so yeah. cool. I'm, I'm sure you wanted to save this until the end for a mortuary update, but I was just way too excited for you. I've been telling everybody yeah. that I've seen, which is, like, only, like, two people. But <laughs> <laughs> still on lockdown, still quarantined and social distancing, but... It's funny, whenever you texted me, I was literally Googling funeral home. Because I was like, eh, what does that look like? Uh, yeah. Funeral home jobs, like what type of positions do they have? Is it just embalmers and directors? And I looked it up, and right when I was going through it, that's when you text me. I was like, what? <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah. And I texted you as I was headed to the funeral home, so... I couldn't respond, like, right away, and I was like, I just got to get there, I got to get there. No, I'm glad you told me, because I'm over here asking all these questions, and you're like, I don't know yet. (laughs) I'm literally on my way. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the pay is not great, considering what I make now, but I I just care about the experience. That's all I care about. Oh, my God, yeah. That experience is going to be invaluable. You're going to be so far ahead compared to your colleagues when it comes to actually getting, like, your certification and you know, moving up. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm very excited. I'm very grateful that he was like, ah, just come down. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was just being a nosy Nelly, so I guess it pays it's off. a good thing I got fired from my other part-time job. So will this be a part-time job? It'll be a part-time. So, Well, 
Okay, so they're 12-hour shifts, so like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So technically, I'm only working like three days a week, but mm-hmm. with the hours, it's um, pretty much full-time. So Wow. And then will you be doing grooming on top of that? Yeah, I'll still be doing grooming. Gotcha. So Busy, busy. I, I know. And school. Well, I only took one summer class, and I still have to register for fall classes. So I'm probably just going to like take a light load for fall just so I can get as much experience as possible. Mm-hmm. And then pick up because I have five years to finish the program and it's only a two year program. So I'll just go at my own pace. I'm not going to rush myself. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. I was whatever you need, you know, I am here to ease <laughs> the workload, whatever that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, you already, uh, what is it? Um, proofread my projects. So thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was fun. I liked the, I liked reading it I was like clown school this man is so distinct and <laughs> really done a lot for himself I'm like this is me yeah but I like it <laughs> if you guys don't know who we're talking about I did an obituary for Pennywise so oh was Pennywise <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought I didn't even catch on <laughs> I thought it was just some clown but his middle name was Pennywise I was just like, oh, that's cute, and kept on. I <laughs> did not make that connection. You, mi- you totally missed my joke about um, clowns not scaring children, a nonprofit. I, man, I just thought you had a, you, you just had a great imagination. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> I do remember in undergrad, we had to write our own eulogies, mm-hmm. and that was fun. So... It made me think of that. I'm like, Ooh. It's strange having to put yourself in, like, that position, huh? Yeah, well, at least with your obituary, you had to write about, like, a made-up person. Like, mm-hmm. with our eulogy, we had to talk about ourselves. <laughs> and that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I hate writing about myself. I was like, oh, what am I going to do, <laughs> like, in my life? It was, yeah, it was very difficult. Anything new with you? I felt like there was, but there is not. (laughs) Same old, same old. (laughs) Harvard is uh, offering free classes. And one of the classes is on Egyptian. I saw that, yes. Ancient Egyptian art. And (laughs) I was about to sign up for it. (laughs) I mean, it's free, hey. I know. Like, it's so fun. But, um, yeah. I did not. Yeah. I probably should. I mean, we got time. We got time. We could cram mm-hmm. something in. <laughs> we have time. Um, yeah. But was on t- the Twitter earlier, and I stumbled upon a tweet about that was pretty aligned with the, the topic of last week of Balo Mayombe, and uh-huh. but it was about voodoo. And let me see uh-huh. if I liked the tweet because then it sent me through a rabbit hole and. It was a thread, which I'm not going to read the whole thread, but it was just a tweet that said, hoodoo, voodoo, if you aren't black, bitch, it ain't for you. A thread. So it was a thread going on about this woman who, this young woman, I believe she's 19, who reportedly um, is, or was reported like Wiccan, but then like on her Wiccan website, like her Wiccan Facebook group, started talking about dabbling in voodoo. And mm-hmm. started talking about uh, putting a hex on her girlfriend who happened to be black. And then started posting about how she saw uh, one of the spirits. And then a few days later, they found her dead in the bathtub. Ooh. 
So that's what kind of... And then the sources I'm getting this from is dead, deaddeath.com. Obviously, I saw the topic on Twitter. And, you know, sources that aren't reputable. But mm-hmm. I did confirm that this person did exist and that she did pass away. So I was going to ask you, like, what is your opinion on practicing culturally culturally distinct religions such as voodoo hoodoo and like santeria or anything like that so i can't speak on voodoo because that's not my culture but um like i love when people are involved with like day of the dead and like they kind of learn about that culture aspect of like doing the mantles and stuff like that you just have to be respectful so i can't really speak on like voodoo hoodoo all that because that's that's not my culture at all um But I feel like if you have approval from someone within that culture that teaches you how to do everything properly and respectfully and you have that okay and you have kind of like that mentor, I don't see why not. But if you are just blatantly like a couple Google searches and now I'm going to do this and I know everything about this, that's not how that works in my mind, you know? Yeah, like being careful or like having somebody, I guess like a mentor and not just like dabbling in stuff that you don't know exactly because you want to be respectful of other people's cultures i mean you don't want to like the uh, when girls go to festivals and they wear like the indian headgear and all that like that's 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 not good that's like total cultural appropriation don't do that so you just you have to be really respectful for it so i think if you have a mentor and that mentor is giving you the okay to do things properly and correctly i i don't see why not but Mm -hmm. you just doing it because you want to do it and you don't know what you're doing and you think Google is going to solve your answers. It's, I, I don't see how that works. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, the argument on a lot of these posts that I was looking at was how, you know, like Voodoo and Hoodoo came over due to slave trade. You know, mm-hmm. it was formed and it was a way to combat at um, oppressors and it was like a freeing movement and a freeing religion like for the oppressed so for somebody of a different culture like the culture and ethnicity of the appropriate like the the um oppressors like that they were like of course that's gonna backfire on you yeah oh yeah don't touch it don't you know it's bigger than people make it out to be it's not and they kept comparing it to like american horror story um and coven coven one of the um the voodoo spirits are is a character and they're like this is an american horror story <laughs> like it's it's very real and then they had mentioned like i guess in the wiccan group that she was in uh some of the i guess mediums were like reaching out and doing a reading um and trying to connect with her and connect to what what happened and it turned out that the spirit she was claiming she saw wasn't the actual spirit it was the like spirit of death and she was, you know, dabbling with something she had no knowledge of, and I don't know. I mean, it could have been an accident, but it does open up a conversation for, you know, appropriating a type of religion and, like, developing your understanding of the religion. So, it was boozy, yeah. so I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, definitely. Like, when I accidentally opened the misfortune jar, the first thing I went to was all the witch groups because that's, that's their thing. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, I don't, I didn't mean any, I, what do I do? And they mm-hmm. were just that, giving you the proper information. So if you don't have the right channels to talk to people who deal with this stuff, you, you don't know what you're messing with. Yeah, so. for sure. 
Yeah. And hey, I mean, you whatever you did, I believe intentions play a big part in it. And you had no ill intentions, and it's not backfiring like no. we were, <laughs> like we were saying. Thankfully, thank thank God, like nothing came out of it. Well, I did open it right before the pandemic started, so <laughs> you caused this pandemic. I'm My bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. All right. Are you ready to get into this? I am so ready. Yes. Okay. I'll save what I wanted to talk about for the end. Oh, yeah. We have another boozy topic, but it's all going to come full circle. You'll just see. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Let me get my notes out. I'm going to eat my taco. All right. So my resources for this topic are weekandweird.com, cryptidsfandom.com, which is like a wiki page, uh, weirdus.com, WCPO.com, which is a news station. Uh, well, I got a couple articles from there. And then TimeGazette.com, which is another news article. And this episode is actually a listener's request. So a couple weeks ago, maybe like a month ago, we I had posted on Booze's page about like different cryptids you guys wanted me to do. And one of my friends, Ashley, suggested this. So I figured I would cover it because it's, it's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> So, Loveland, Ohio is often described as a sleepy pocket suburb in the northern hills of Cincinnati. It sits along the Little Miami River. Loveland straddles three counties and is home to a strange creature. It is home to the legendary Frogman, also known as the Loveland Lizard. So, this all began in the summer of 1955. The exact date is unknown, but it's said to have happened in May. So, kind of (laughs) timely. So, this first story of what happened, there's kind of it's one story but there's three different variations of it and as i'm telling you the story i'll kind of interject the other variations of it so the account goes that an unnamed businessman saw three disturbing creatures gathered by the side of the road he stated they were three to four feet tall and covered with leathery skin he described them standing erect bipedal and having head having the head shape and face of frogs he also stated that they had webbed hands and feet and deep wrinkles on their heads and they were totally hairless. Another version, so the other version has the same description of the creatures, but one places them sitting on a bridge, and then the third variation has them underneath a bridge instead of on the side of a road. Um, and since the this first account doesn't really give an exact location or road, it's kind of difficult to, to confirm the specific bridge and where the sighting took place. Uh, the tale is further complicated by local information that puts the man entering or entering Brant's Branchville, which is a community bordering the southern end of Loveland. And a lot of the sides of the roads leading to and from Loveland, specifically the bridge areas, are not well lit. So they're really dark and there's just a lot of overgrowth. And if their description wasn't strange enough, one of the creatures was said to be holding a cylindrical metal object, sometimes described as a wand. So keep that in mind. Uh, The creature was said to have held this object over its head and that the wand admitted flashes, sparks, and other pulsing lights. It is not specified if this was the response to a perceived threat from the businessman, but the businessman did flee fearing for his safety. Which, I mean, if I saw some four-foot frog waving something over its head, flashing lights, I would probably book it too. I would not stay and check that out. No, thank you. Yeah. So the next sighting happened on March 3rd in 1972 at 1 a.m., Police officer Ray Shockey was traveling on Riverside Drive headed into Loveland. The police officer was traveling cautiously due to icy roads, keep that in mind, when he saw an animal on the side of the road. The creature scurried across the road and the officer stated that he slammed on his brakes to keep from hitting it. 
Once stopped, the officer had the creature fully illuminated in his headlights. He described the creature, crouching like a frog. It then went to stand erect and bipedal and stared directly at the officer. Finally, it turned and climbed over a guardrail down into the Little Miami River. Again, the creature is described as being 3 to 4 feet tall, 50 to 75 pounds, with leathery skin and resembled a frog or lizard. Further investigation by other officers found that the guardrail had scratches exactly where it was reported that the animal crawled over the metal barrier. And the barrier has been replaced over the years, but you can still walk to the exact spot where the creature was reported to have been seen. Um, and you can Google this location. I, I'm not familiar with Ohio, so I didn't want to give descriptions and totally F it up. So if you want to find out this guardrail, you can just Google Loveland frog or lizard and guardrail and it'll pop up. Lots of so pictures now, of frogs <laughs> next to guardrails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, remember how I mentioned the icy road? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a little strange to me that a frog creature would be out in the cold because frogs are cold-blooded. So, a cold-blooded creature in cold weather, cold enough to leave an icy road, I, I don't see a reptile surviving that type of climate for very well, long. I would say you don't see a reptile waving around wands either. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how much science applies to this little guy. That is true. But if it is like a froggy creature, I'm kind of curious like what its metabolism is and what it eats and its body heat. But I mean, that that's getting a little deep into the frog man. <laughs> So the next sighting occurred two weeks later by police officer Mark Matthews. Um, officer was driving into Loveland again when he spotted what he believed to be an injured animal laying on the pavement. They really like to like crouch on the road, apparently. <laughs> Matthews climbed out of his cruiser with the intent of removing the carcass from the already ice-slicked road. So again, an icy road. The creature abruptly lurched forward into a crouched position. Taken aback by the reptilian creature, Matthews unholstered his revolver and took a shot at the creature, which then proceeded to hobble over to the side of the road and step over the guardrail. They really like guardrails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the while keeping a watchful eye on Matthews. This creature matched the first officer's description down to the last detail, with the exception of a tail, which was absent in earlier reports. So now Matthews is saying that this creature has a tail. Which, I mean, why would you just shoot something that's just chilling? I, I don't know. Out of- in the years which have followed these events, Officer Matthews, who is now retired, claims that the animal in question was nothing more than a large reptile which escaped from its owner. He insisted that the only reason he shot at the creature was to help confirm a fellow officer's story. A story which was, of course, being made into a predictable... Sc- which, of course, was met by skepticism by the, their superiors. Which, I mean, to prove a story, you're going to shoot and kill something? Eh. Well, that's that's really hard to say, like, yes or no to, because we don't have any proof of any cryptids, you know, because there's no yeah. body to match it. So it probably, in his mind, he probably felt like no one's going to believe me unless I show them proof. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought that like too. Those, like, do you ever think, oh, what would I do in that situation if I saw, I don't know, something? Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'd probably take pictures. I don't think I would shoot it. But I'd, I don't know. I've never been in that situation, so I guess I can't really say. But probably pictures first, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel what? really bad shooting Bigfoot. Yeah, poor Bigfoot. <laughs> 
But I don't know, if you look at these pictures, or just like the thought of a giant frog, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and their warts are kind of unsettling, so. I'm sorry, I feel really bad for the poor frogs and the poor frog man, but it's, yeah, a little unsettling, like you said. Yeah. So whether or not Matthew's change of heart was inspired by ridicule or the fading memory of an event that happened 30 years ago, his testimony to counter indicates his later retraction. In a 2001 email interview, Matthews explained that the incident was habitually blown out of proportion and that it was no monster. It was not leathery or had wet matted fur. It was not three to five feet tall. It did not stand erect. The animal I saw was obviously some type of lizard that someone had as a pet that either got too large for its aquarium, escaped by accident, or they simply got tired of it it was less than three feet in length ran across the road and was probably blinded by by my headlights it presented no aggressive actions matthew still claimed he attempted to shoot the creature in order to back up the account of his partner sighting a few nights prior but the lizard escaped most likely to die from its injuries or from the bitter freezing cold now another account comes from miss darwin johnson and this sighting alleged to have occurred on august 21 of 1955 she stated that she was attacked by some type of creature while swimming in the ohio river near evansville indiana she claims that the creature attacked her from under the water and latched onto her knee Mm. and she was swimming in about 15 feet of water so i can't even imagine like you're just swimming Mm -mm. hell no that is oh no you already know i don't like water so add (laughs) something grabbing me with that Ooh. mm -mm. (laughs) yeah just take me there lord i can't (laughs) i would not be able to sleep after that a friend, Miss Campbell, sorry, a friend, Miss Chris Lamble, was present. Miss Johnson was dragged beneath the waves twice. After kicking free of the creature, she was able to swim to shore with the aid of Miss Lamble. Miss Johnson's bore several contusions on her legs, including an alleged green palm print that seemed to stain her skin for several days. Um, and this was in and the, just, the 50s, right? It was 1955. 1955. Damn. Yeah. No pictures. We need pictures. I know. I know. Um, and the Ohio River is known for, like, giant, like, mammoth catfish and enormous snapping turtles. So, maybe it was a catfish that bit onto her? Who knows? I mean, I've seen people fish for catfishes with their whole arms, and they just swallow arms up. So, okay. Maybe Matt will catch one one day. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'll he buy has a to wrestle ticket. them. He has to wrestle them. That's the, that's <laughs> the uh, catch there. All right. So Frogman was also spotted in mid-August of 2016 by Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend while they were playing Pokemon 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 <laughs> Go <laughs> while playing Pokemon Go in Cincinnati. The location of the sightings cast doubt on its authenticity because it's about 2 hours away from Ohio. So all these accounts are all in Ohio and Loveland and now you have one in a city in Cincinnati. It just doesn't really make sense. And there if you do Google um the account for 2016 there's like pictures but they look really fake like which they, one is it the one in the water yeah the one in the water with the big old <laughs> headlight eyes that one's funny yeah i'll post that one for you guys to see but no it definitely looks pretty hoaxy where was i the tale of the loveland frogman didn't did not truly originate in the 1955 uh the native american population was familiar with the creature or species of creature they called the Shan shanahook and i i hope i pronounced that right uh, this creature was described as being a large reptile that could walk on two legs. The creature lived specifically along the banks of the Little Miami River. 
It is said that this creature threatened the indigenous tribes until they sent their great warriors to confront the demon. After the fray was decided, the Shanahook is said to have gone into hiding. When the Native Americans were driven from the territory by settlers, the Shanahook is claimed to have returned to the riverbanks. The legend is attributed to the Shawnee and the Taitui tribes, and the Little Miami River twists and mends through southern Ohio from Yellow Springs to the Ohio River, and these banks are lined with dark, eerie runoffs and are dotted with small tunnels and holes. Along the wooded banks in Loveland results is also, surprisingly, a full-scale full replica of the Norman. The Little Miami River twists and mends through the southern Ohio from Yellow Springs to the Ohio River, and these banks are lined with dark, eerie runoffs and are dotted with small tunnels and holes. And surprisingly, along the wooded banks in Loveland rests a full-scale replica of the Normanesque castle Chanteau La Cruche. And the castle was started in 1929 by builder and also known Masonic follower Sir Harry Andrews. And Andrews started full construction of the castle in 1955, which is the same year that the Love Loveland Frogman was seen by the anonymous businessman. Um, and there are some in the area who attach Andrews, his knowledge of the local fauna, hidden tunnels, and even secrets of the Masons with the legendary Loveland Frog. Mr. Andrews was considered a genius with an IQ of 189. So did he know that something was prowling in the banks of Little Miami that no one else did? Or was he just trying to draw people to his castle? You know, there's always that question. Because the mm -hmm. same year he built his castle, all of a sudden there's these sightings. Um, but Loveland, Ohio has adopted the Loveland Frogman as their own. Uh, and there are teams called the Frogmen, 5K races called the Frogman, and dozens of pictorial representations of these mini monsters of the deep. Local canoe out outfitters often tell children tales of creatures lurking in the riverbanks, and in 2010, a native Loveland filmmaker, Gretchen Kessler, released a film, Legend of the Loveland Frogman. So before I end Frogman, there is another theory to what Frogman is. And it is that they might be aliens because of the wand that they carry and the lights. Um, and there have been UFO sightings and alien sightings in Ohio during the time period of like 1955s and so on. I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm just going to go into a really strange one for you guys. And I got this article from the Time Gazette. I didn't like how it was written, so I, I rewrote a lot of it. <laughs> but if you guys want like the original, just go check out Time Gazette. So... The incident I'm going to be talking about is the coin helicopter incident. At around 11 p.m., a military squad led by Major Larry Cohen flew over Mansonville en route to Cleveland from Columbus. According to Crew's account, a bright red light ap appeared and flew directly at their chopper and nearly hit them before stopping and hovering over them. Now, do you remember a story that I covered about something hovering? Mm-hmm. So this thing, this cigarette-shaped craft then admitted a bright green light from above. So it's on top of them, and it's now shooting them with a ray of blinding green light. And this caused Coin to lose control of the helicopter, and the helicopter rose vertically thousands of feet of the air in a matter of seconds. Ashlands County Sheriff Captain Terry Hamilton stated, all of a sudden they went straight up 2,500 or 3,000 feet almost instantaneously. Manson Lamb, which is a regional airport, saw that on the radio, but they didn't see the other object, and that's impossible for a helicopter to do. So they didn't see whatever launched them up. They just saw the helicopter launch straight up. Then, as quickly as it had appeared, the mysterious craft released Coyne's helicopter and disappeared, leaving Coyne and his passengers to continue safely to Cleveland. It is considered one of the top UFO cases out there, says Tom Wortman, state director of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON of Ohio. 
Uh, and Wortman says, you have four military members who had a close encounter with an object, and they are four very credible witnesses. According to Hamilton, the coin helicopter incident was one of the last things to happen on the night of October 18, 1973, which included an as- atmospheric explosion over the Mansfield that was registered by seismographs in St. Louis, and a UFO sighting in Sullivan that made the front page of Ashland's Time Gazette on October 19th. And that same night, two Ashland County chef, chef, and that same night, two Ashland County Sheriff deputies described seeing a disc-like object on Township Road 391 and a mile north of County Road 500, which is still in Ohio. And the officers stopped and exited their cruisers when they noticed a craft hovering above the trees, but they said they heard no motor motor noises coming from it. Then as they shined a spotlight in its direction, the, ca- the craft drove towards the deputies before veering off towards Nankin. Hamilton also heard stories from an Ashland County resident who reported similar UFO sightings on County Road 1095 and Ohio 603, where a saucer interrupted a family barbecue. There's another guy who's having a cookout with his family and saw a saucer hovering over the high-tension wires out there, Hamilton said. He started walking towards it, and then his wife yelled at him to stop, so he stopped and kept looking at it. He said he could see windows and see movement up in it, but he referred to it as flying on he but he referred to it as a fly on the wall. He's sitting there looking at it and it just took off. You couldn't see where it went, you just knew that it took off. So yeah, that's I can't remember what the theory is exactly or if there's a name, but there's this idea out there that where all of these cryptids live, there's a connection to UFOs. Like somehow there's a portal that's open in that area allowing all of these creatures to exist and Mm -hmm. UFOs are attracted to that area also. So maybe it's not an alien, but the area attracts you know ufos or what have you yeah so i don't know what do you think i don't i don't know um there's another theory that i'm i was kind of curious about because when i was reading matthew's account and he's like it was only three feet long i thought of iguanas because iguanas get really big and Mm -hmm. they can actually run on two feet oh but the thing yeah but the thing that kind of weirds me out is how Hold it was i mean they're not going to have the energy to just take off across the road when it's that cold mm-hmm. so i so i don't know maybe it's like a giant iguana but it would probably die pretty quickly from the cold and if you've never seen iguanas running you guys need to look at a video because it's unsettling <laughs> <laughs> but to see but for multiple people to see a running iguana you know it's yeah, yeah. a little bit hey Maybe there's like a Tiger King situation, but it's Iguana King and someone's got loose iguanas. Who knows? <laughs> they have extraordinarily large iguanas and yep. they escape every now and then. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And know how to use wands. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the wand thing still throws me off. I, I don't know. I like to think that the Native Americans definitely know what it is and... Mm-hmm. I don't know, because a lot of, um, I guess a lot of, uh, there are multiple cryptids that African, African Americans, uh, freaking Native, Native Americans have accounts of, and yeah, I feel like there's a lot more knowledge there than we give credit to, and maybe it's not a wand, maybe like the people who saw this creature, like that's the only way they can associate, or like 
the wands were the only thing that they can associate to whatever he was doing or whatever device Mm -hmm. he had. Like, they couldn't, probably couldn't make sense of it. So they're like, oh, it was a wand or it could be, I don't know, something completely different that our minds don't have the, I guess that we don't have the um, reference for. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, maybe it's a stick and the light reflected weird. Like, you, there's mm-hmm. so many different things, too, that it could be, so. Yeah, because only one account talked about a wand. Yeah, right. from what I saw, it was just that, like, big main account, so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but then I'm curious, like, maybe, what was the dude's name? The guy who built the castle, maybe he had heard about the Native American folklore and was like, I'm going to use this to my advantage and twist it and help bring traction to my castle you know yeah yeah create some kind of attraction yeah Yeah, but it was a strange one so i thought i would cover it so thank you for the request (laughs) ashley yeah no good job i am loving excuse me i'm loving these pictures my favorite is the first one which we well i don't know if we'll share share this one because it's a little (laughs) funny i've been staring at it this whole time but it's like a legitimate frog just with long legs that looks like it was doing something wrong that it just got disturbed, you know? Like Mr. That- Toad got caught doing something he shouldn't have. Yeah, and they also remind me of um, the books Mr. Toad and... What is it? Mr. Toad and Frog? Or like Toad and Frog? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a little hat, little pants. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of, their drawings are kind of cute honestly like but if i saw that in person i would not that would not be cute at all oh yeah no i would not appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought it was fun but that kind of leads us into some more recent news yeah you guys haven't heard or checked out our facebook page so wait is it on facebook i posted it on our facebook page okay cool so you can refer back to that but the news has been so crazy, y'all. Like, 2020 has been so crazy that the government has been like, you know what? Fuck it. Release the tapes. <laughs> 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 the UFOs exist, and here's some videos that we took. And, like, crickets. Nobody's... T- I-, I feel like no one's talking about it. Like, I kind of skimmed through, or I saw the headline but didn't even click on it the other day yeah and then yesterday morning i don't know why somehow it got brought up in conversation and gabriel's like yeah have you how have you not been all over that (laughs) (laughs) i'm like dude i don't know (laughs) there's so much going on yeah it's like they could be the aliens could be freaking zombies at this point out here doing stuff and we're like hey we have other things to worry about make sure to put on that mask before you step out right (laughs) wash your hands aliens wash your hands before you probe me oh my god (laughs) but then they do scare me i am very terrified so now i'm starting to think about it and now i'm like oh my god (laughs) um yeah but if you guys because i remember i texted you as soon as i saw it and like i texted you before i read it and you're like, yeah, I already saw it. So I'm like, I'm behind on the news. Oh, I, so I barely, like, barely yeah. saw it. So I clicked on it, and I'm like, okay, it looks like a little bug. And then if you guys remember, I think in a mini-sode, I talked about, like, my potential, like, alien sighting or UFO sighting. And this stupid thing in the video turned just like it did when I remember mm-hmm. seeing it. And I was like, nope, I'm done. I don't want to see anymore. I'm good. 
Yeah, this is just a little excerpt from CNN in case you're like, eh, I don't feel like digging through there. Uh, just to give you some legitimacy on all that's going on with the UFOs. So the Navy videos were released between December 2017 and March 2018 formally um, by to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, a company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLonge <laughs> that says it studies information about <laughs> un- unidentified aerial phenomenon. Poor Tom, he's been like, guys... I showed this to y'all already. I've been talking about it. I left my band for this. Like, come on now. Which he should go back, but... Yeah. They're still good, though. I miss him. We do miss him. Uh, Let's see. In 2017, one of the pilots who saw one of the unidentified objects in 2004 told CNN that it moved in ways he couldn't explain. And this is a quote from the pilot. As I got close to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south, and disappeared in less than two seconds, said retired U.S. Navy pilot David Fravor. This was extremely abrupt, like a ping-pong ball bouncing off a wall. It would hit and go the other way. So if you see, <sighs> it's, it doesn't really reflect that much in the video, but the video, like, that you can hear them talking about them, or, like, them observing the object and how it's accelerating and going against the wind which is mm-hmm. rare for, I guess, aircrafts. And then it just, like, hovers and kind of stops, which is extremely rare. Unsettling. <laughs> yeah. So they, obviously, it's unidentified, so they don't know what it is. And, yeah, yeah that's what's going on in our world. <laughs> so if one of y'all gets abducted, please uh, email us your experience. <laughs> we, we will believe you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know I've said this a million times, but that's just so terrifying to me. Like, your life is ruined if these aliens come in contact with you. Oh, yeah, no one's going to believe no you. Like, believe I mean, Tom DeLong will, so if you want to meet Tom DeLong, <laughs> Oh, you know, I, as much as I love him, I would pass. I do not, I would not want to go through that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to joke about being probed because if they come and snatch me, I'm going to be real mad I joked about it. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be like, well, you said. I heard you. It's recorded. (laughs) We washed our hands. I just imagine (laughs) that. (laughs) I just imagine that's how they talk. (laughs) I just imagine their nasty, like, gray, like, ball fingers. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have chills. Like, I am so terrified of aliens. I blame signs. Oh. Signs scared me. Oh my god, I would shit myself if that's what they look like. Well, it depends on the type, because they have different types also, which we're not going to get into. That'll be a different episode. Yes. The types of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, on a more interesting note, if you want to get away from the aliens so you don't have nightmares, I found a really interesting post on Reddit. Ooh, yes. What, what subreddit? Okay, it's under relationship advice. <laughs> and <it was> po- <laughs> okay i'm liking this i'm liking this already yeah. it's boozy don't worry it was posted 103 days ago and the username is throw a a little dash skull and gems which makes sense in a second so <laughs> this post says my my okay so she's a 36 year old female and she goes my husband who's a 41 year old male has some disturbing requests for after he passes away 
Oh, and I'm kind of counting this as a mortuary update because we're at the end of school. I just have projects, so we're not learning anything. So this is your mortuary. <laughs> this is your mortuary update. Um, but she posts, this one's really bizarre, and I'm, I'm sorry ahead of time. My husband of 12 years has some medical problems recently. The topic about the end of his life plans has come up, and I asked if he wanted to be buried. He didn't want that, nor did he want to be cremated. My husband wants me to have his skull taken from his body and cleaned. He then wants a skull put on the mantelpiece in the living room, and the rest of his body he wants sent to one of those places that makes gems out of bodies and made into two blue diamonds. He then wants those gems to be put in as in the eye sockets of the skull to look like eyes then he can watch the family home and be passed down through generations oh is that it is, is she is she done with the post but it's, it's a lot longer that's kind of like a too long didn't read thing mm, okay. um but i can go to the full post if you want she basically shows that she tried to talk to him and she asked where he wanted the extra cream cremated remains from the uh, the gem company spread and he told her that he didn't want any remains he just wanted to have the biggest gems possible made and then the company can dispose of the rest and she's kind of talking about how she wants to get over her feelings but she can't and she wants to cry thinking about someone hacking apart her husband and a lot of the comments are just like listen speak to your husband about this but i found this post in my bones group if you guys i'm sure you guys have heard about the bones group (laughs) and i have not but it's a subreddit uh no well so the post is under the relationship advice the, where i found a screenshot of this post was in my skull collecting group like my bone processing group so, mm-hmm. so the bone processing group has um they, they know all about bones so um someone said that the stones wouldn't be big enough because you need like a lot of human bo- a lot of a human body to make make stones and mm-hmm. actually kind of possible to do this. <laughs> so if you have lawyers and a lot of money, it's technically legal and possible, but not many people have that resources. And there isn't anyone in the U.S. who processes human remains in this way. But it... Um, process, in, process it as in make gems out of the body. Yeah, and like or, have your husband's skull removed, essentially. Okay. Are you legal to like legally able to do that as... Like a mortician, if that's the request of the, the I can't because I'm only there to like embalm and license. I'm not like, I don't have like medical clearance to do that. So you would have to find like a doctor or someone who does. I don't even know how you would find someone who does that, who does oh, it, wow. pay yeah. them to have it done, do it. But you still need lawyers to back up that you're not just mutilating a body like this was a request and this is this is my spouse like you would have to jump through so many legal loopholes to do this so i just thought it was crazy and i'm like i have to post about i have to speak about this because this is nuts did she give any update Ah, that's what i'm looking at um okay edit okay so she did do an edit and she goes i did not expect this to get the attention it has and i'm so grateful for so many of the responses at the end of the day i want my husband to feel listened to respected and loved but this process has cemented to me that i definitely will not be putting my his skull on the mantle uh on my mantle uh but we may compromise the idea but we may compromise with some of the suggested ideas uh to for what feels right 
I'll suggest some of them to him. And for now, I'm going to sign off and give my husband a big hug and think about it for the next few days. And then she did edit too. She goes, he knows this post exists now. We had a good conversation. We laughed a fair amount over the sheer ridiculousness of this hitting the front page and the comments it brought. We are both confident <laughs> we can reach a compromise that makes us both comfortable. We're not going to talk about it at all today. We're just going to get pizza cuddle and tell each other dumb jokes for the rest of the day. Good night, Reddit. I'll update this at some point in the future. So compromise that's what marriage is compromise yes for sure what what were your reactions at first when you read i that? wasn't shocked i was kind of like okay like that's not too far off but i think because i'm in so many weird like bone groups that i'm like Ugh. i mean if i could keep my skull that'd be pretty neat <laughs> but i think it was just how do you even go about that like what is the process for that kind of like when we spoke about the woman who wanted to keep her husband's tattoos like mm-hmm. what are my thing thought is what are the legal process of it how do you find a lawyer that's going to back you up and be able to keep something of your spouse without someone being like you're mutilating a body or you know other family members opposing mm-hmm. it if that's truly what you wanted in your will so yeah right will people <laughs> but because i don't know how I know Matt would never do this, but if I was like, hey, I want you to keep my skull, if Matt was the type of person to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally down for it, my mother would not be okay with that. My family would not be okay with that. Even if I had wrote it in my will, they'd be like, fuck no. So there's mm-hmm. that thought, too. Unless you don't tell them, but then if someone was to, like, peep open the casket. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I guess it just, it's difficult because... That's why I'm such an advocate for having conversations about death while you are still around Mm -hmm. so you can vocalize what it is that you want on a serious note and people have those expectations for when it does happen. And yeah, so they know like what your wishes are both verbally and written down, of Mm -hmm. course, Um, because then there's a lot of he said, she said and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, at first when you read that, I was like, cool, like, I want to do that. Like, I want my, I don't know, my skeleton passed down. <laughs> <laughs> like, how cool would that be? But then when she went, like, when she got to the part of her not wanting to do that to her husband, I'm like, oh, wait, like, what if that was Gabriel yeah. then? I don't know, that would be really hard. Like, that would be, I feel like that would be very difficult to see your loved one's skull yeah just on your mantle like if it was just a skull like cool like metal but knowing that that was him like i think that would be really like it's a reminder every day that they're gone yeah. oh yeah yeah so that makes me very sad so i don't think i don't know like, that i can now i can see where she's coming from like i don't want to yeah do yeah that. that was my secondary response of like okay yeah that sounds neat but that's not healthy for whoever you've left behind, you know, because they're going to be seeing yeah. that. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't recommend it. Like, maybe get, like, a little gem. Like, when they make the little stones out of, like, your ashes, I'm totally cool with that. That's cool because they make the mm-hmm. necklaces and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, I don't – I guess if you want to donate your body and then you end up become becoming, like, a skeleton from your donated body, but your family's not going to see that, you know, and you'll still maybe get your yeah. wish for that. So, Yeah. Or maybe I'd be, I'd say I would leave my skull to my great grandkid. (laughs) The first one in line or the coolest one. The one who wants it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Can you imagine turning 18 and they're like, oh, your great-grandma <laughs> a gift. We don't know what it is. Yes. Yes. I love that idea. I'm screaming in this microphone. But I do really like that idea. <laughs> That's how to ruin someone's life. Can you just imagine, like, expecting, like, money or something and it's your skull? <laughs> they c- um, that is money. You can sell that. Is that is true. That's, like, two grand. We, we, yeah, we know that now. <laughs> That's a nice little chunk of change. And with inflation, who knows how much that's that true. Could be. I could be worth four grand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And along and like in the box will be my preserved uh, tattoos, the best ones. <laughs> so they can get a little extra. <sighs> we, got, we got our plans down. <laughs> this is my live and will. This podcast isn't just a podcast. Each episode, I leave little pieces of my I will. know. When we <laughs> die, everyone's going to have to go back to all our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a puzzle you're like oh i know she said it i think episode 15 she mentioned something Her louis batons <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh man but i thought it would be i thought that would be a fun note to end on so yes that's great i love reddit it's it's a strange place it's a strange place it is very strange mm-hmm. yeah all right. Well, Ooh. you guys can find all our resources at boozepodcast.com and you can find us on all our socials at B O O Z podcast. You know how to spell <laughs> podcast already. You should if you've been listening to us. And if you want to show us some fun drawings of the, fro- the frogman, please do. We're, we're going to try to attempt to, uh, yeah, for y'all and then share us yours. And if you have kids at the house, and you're like, these kids need something to do because quarantine and they're driving me freaking crazy. Have them draw Frogman. Or if you get, drink a little too much wine, throw a blindfold on and blindly draw Frogman and send that to us too. Ooh, it'd be abstract, yes. yes. I'm down for some abstract Frogman art. Put it in the booze podcast room. <laughs> yes, frame it. Oh my gosh, so much potential here. Oh. But if you guys have any questions, but. any recommendations you want to tell us any stories you can email us at boozepodcast at gmail.com and we might be starting a book club well, i think we are starting a book club so if you yeah but yeah oh, so if you aren't following us on facebook yet make sure you follow us on facebook so you can kind of vote on what books you want to read and have discussions with us Ooh, i just realized that we do have some listeners that don't have facebook so we just need to work i need to work extra hard at posting on instagram insta and other accessible mediums because i know facebook isn't cool it's anymore. old people it's where all the old people like me hang out so yeah well we'll figure it out but, we'll, we'll post on both yeah. we'll post on both for sure mm-hmm. but yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in have a good week and stay boozy <laughs> bye bye